When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Welcome back for episode 6 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Ted Green edition. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and as always, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Derek DeVecchio. Derek, how's it going, man? Going good, man. Excellent, excellent. I uh, hope you had a good week. It's going to be a good week. A lot less uh, stressful than after the deadline. Yeah, yeah, right? That was a good show last week. Good talk. Um, I... a lot of good things going on so far um, with uh, you know after the trade, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of games. Four game homestand last week that we got to talk about, and there's a lot of good things we got on the slate today. So let's just jump right in with um, the uh, the trades last week. The Bruins sent a. The Bruins got Lee Stepniak from New Jersey. He's a forward. Uh, he's an, a veteran. They traded uh, the second round pick in 2017 and a fourth round pick in, in this year's draft. Um, uh, you know, before the trade happened, I mean, while the trade happened and before we actually saw him in a Bruins uniform, I thought the Bruins gave up too much. I, I really thought the second pick was just a little too much in next year's draft. Um, and, you know, I mean, a fourth-round pick this year wasn't that bad at all. What, what do you think? Well, I think that, you know, where – how do I say this? We have flexibility with being able to use those picks because of the undrafted free agents that we've 
pretty signed over the past couple years. Uh, Zarnik, trying to think of the other ones. Um, well, obviously Crew, and uh, I'm trying to think of the last one there. Um, Achari. And, you know, we gotten lucky because those kids would probably would have been anywhere from, you know, second round to fourth round. And uh, the fact that, you know, they're part of the organization and, you know, moving forward, part of, part of the future has is, is helped us as far as, uh, you know, being able to use those picks. Um, again, you know, these were the two trades they made the other day were both last minute deals. And unfortunately, you know, when you're trying to beat the clock, the team that you're dealing with sometimes has that advantage, that little bit of leverage. So, uh, you know, Sweeney had to dump a few picks, but uh, I like Stepniak. I think he's going to be a great fit for that line. Um, kind of scary how, you know, him coming in brings more defense to Bergeron's line, you know. Um, but yeah, he's going to be a great fit there. I, I, I definitely agree. Um but I, I'm kind of concerned about that second pick in next year's draft. And the question that I ask myself is, Stepniak a rental? Well, I think he very well could be. I think a lot's going to depend on how he does the rest of the year. Um, again, you know, going into the summer, I mean, if, if he does well and contributes and, you know, we go on a pretty decent run, then... Who knows? I mean, the guy's only making eight hundred and thirty grand right now on the contract. Right. So you know, if he does well the rest of the year and becomes a good fit, would Sweeney throw a million and a half at him next year? Maybe a one-year deal. Who knows? Um, I think it's all going to depend on how he does the rest of the year. Yeah, and uh, uh, the the rest of the team. Well, not the rest of the team, but certain members of the current team that need to be re-signed over the summer, too, was going to play a key role in that decision. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, him saving that money towards the cap, you know, the deadline and not going crazy with the money will help. You know, he'll be able to bank some of that money. And, you know, with Kelly's money coming off the books and Lucic's money, uh, you know, he'll have some creativity and be able to sign these guys. You know, Krug and Marshawn definitely top that list. For sure. For sure. Uh, all right. Um the next one is uh, defenseman John Michael Lyles from the Carolina Hurricanes. The Bruins traded uh, prospect Anthony Kamara and a third-round pick in this year's draft and a fifth-round pick in 2017. This move, I don't mind. You know, I, I, me personally, I have a problem with giving away first and seconds. You know, I, I just I see the higher value in a in in a player a young player that's you know about to transition into the nhl or the pro level um i i hold those a little higher than than anything else but this one i don't mind it adds a little depth in uh veteran leadership to uh you know to a struggling defensive core right now and um i you know i think he has one assist so far but i mean a lot of his game's not going to come in his numbers. It's going to come what the product on the ice. So he doesn't panic with the puck. I mean, you know, there were a couple of plays last night where, you know, if you had Trotman or maybe Kevin Miller on the ice at that time, they'd probably panic. 
And with Lyles, he just doesn't. He just does his job. He either makes a nice pass out of the zone or he'll skate it out himself. I mean, he's very good like that. He does not panic at all. Very level-headed and smart. Yeah, he does have some good wheels coming out of the D zone. Uh, good vision, looking up the ice to see if there's, um, you know, availability uh, in the neutral zone for a, a stretch pass. But um, you know, I I don't mind that move at all. The step meak move, we go back on that. I just you know, like I said, I'm very, I, I'm very stingy when it comes. It's not my, it's not my, you know, me. But you know, as a fan, it's just, I I think they gave up just a little too much. But it is what it is. So. Uh, let's just uh, go right into the stat pack of the week. Um, uh, after 66 games, the Bruins are 36, 23, and 7, 79 points. They've uh, third in the Atlantic Division, fifth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have an away record of 21, 7, and 3. The home record is getting better, 15, 16, and 4. And the last 10 games are 6, 3, and 1. Power play, not good. Falling, falling, falling. They are now ranked ninth in the power play with 21.1%. Anaheim has now taken over the lead from Washington. And the penalty kill is 10th, which is also falling. The Islanders have the first spot with 86.9%. But um, the goals for are ranked third again this week with 198. But the goals against is falling. And they're now ranked 10th with 179. Yeah. So, you, know, you get the top uh, 16 teams and... You know, um, and and the league to go to the playoffs, and and they're about where you know their numbers are basically pretty much where they're at. Um, you know, the power play. I'm not so concerned. I know it's been struggling, but for you know three three and a half months, that power play was amazing. And you know, it's the old "what goes up must come down" period, and uh, you know, they were due to you know come back to earth, and yeah. But I'm sure that pick it up eventually i mean you have the same personnel there that you had early on you know these things happen unfortunately they, they run hot and they run cold so to be hopefully, uh you know they'll be able to pick it up soon to be honest where they are in the conference in the division um oversees the the power play and panelic kill right now I, I you know i'd rather see them in that position than you know bouncing back and forth from third in the Atlantic to, you know, seventh or uh, eighth in the wild card. You know, that's just, those are scary positions to be in at this time of year. Um, I I want to say there's 17 games remaining. I, I could be wrong. Another stat, I forgot to do at 4 a.m. this morning. <laughs> but uh, like Going by your math, at uh, 15 left. Okay. All right. And my math's not good. <laughs> I will admit that right now. It's terrible. But uh, thank God for all this equipment. Amen. Uh, so uh, last week's games, um, last Sunday, there was a pretty bad 4-1 to loss at the TD Garden to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, 
not much to say about that game. I don't I I don't know what happened. It was a no show. Those were those are points that were much needed, but uh moving on to Tuesday's game, it was a two to one win at the T D. That was an impressive win. Um I thought it would be a little better because of the uh where Calgary is in the standings. But um a win to win, it's two points. But Thursday's game for me was the icebreaker of the season. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. But um, I, they probably won earlier in the year against a team like Chicago. But this this game was just a statement for me. Um, four to two win. A lot of good things. But anyway. And then to go to last night's game uh, against Washington, they lost two to one in overtime to end the four-game home streak on a sour note. But if anything can be taken out of there, it's it's that win in Chicago against Chicago. I was really impressed. You know, it's good that they're able to come out with that kind of effort and beat a team like that. Um, they just got to do it more consistently. And again, you know, even though they lost last night, again, I thought the effort was there and they played as close to 60 minutes as they possibly could. I mean, they, uh, you know, when you can get in there with the big boys and hold your own, that says a lot. Sure. You know, you just got to do it more consistent and they're, they seem like they're on the right track. So we'll have to see. That's a tough Florida trip coming up, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'm just I'm actually going to jump right into that right now. So the Bruins the Bruins week ahead looks like tomorrow the Bruins are at Florida at 7:30. Tuesday they're at Tampa Bay at 7:30. Wednesday no game. Thursday Carolina comes to Boston at 7 p.m. Friday is no game and Saturday the New York Islanders come to Boston for a 1 o'clock afternoon start so yeah I, I i mean florida and tampa bay those guys are up there in the eastern conference standings florida's been playing really well all season but the bruins do have i, I another stat that i forgot to ping up but i believe uh the bruins have a great record against florida in the career so i mean i'm not expecting I mean, I'm expecting the two points, but it's going to be uh, a tough game regardless. Agreed. You know, I mean, these uh, these tiebreakers become so important at the time of the year. Um, you know, we're leading season series. I mean, we won the season series against Pittsburgh. We're leading against Detroit. We're leading against Florida. I mean, these are teams that we're going to be fighting with for the rest of the season. So, again, these season series, they're huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. These are big games. And you got a jockey for position, you know, in that East tight Eastern Conference. What a year! I mean, everybody's just so damn close. There's like no, there's no break. Well, see, the whole idea of the cap, bringing the cap into hockey, was bringing parity into the league. And this year, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen as much parity in the league as I have this year. It's amazing. Both conferences. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, so that's that's the week ahead, and yeah, there's a lot of good games coming up. Uh, hopefully, I'd love to see eight points. I absolutely love to see eight points and um, create a gap in, in the in the league, like you said, with parity. 
But well, um, I mean, that's going to be tough. I mean, separation is very important. But uh, you know, again, there's a bunch of teams that are in our position right now, so right. we need to, we need to play better than them. That simple. So. With uh with the games last week, I just want to bring up some uh, honorable mentions. Uh, Patrice Bergeron in four games last week had three goals, one assist, four points, and with the goal last night in the overtime loss to Washington, Bergeron passed Terry O'Reilly to secure the eighth spot in all-time Bruins points with 607. That's impressive. Another reason why his number is going to be in the rafters when he leaves the game. I mean, the yeah. guy is just amazing. I mean, I, I you you know I watch a ton of hockey, for, whether it's NHL, AHL, or any of the ju- Canadian juniors. But when I when I watch a lot of NHL games and they're talking about centers like Kopitar and and you know players like like him, they're they're constantly comparing Bergeron to a lot of these players, and they, this isn't even during Bruins games. These are other commentators, other channels. You know, saying this stuff about Bergeron, so you know that he's uh, he's league known. Well, he's pretty much the gold standard. M and K's, and you know, the, these are guys that, you know, if you're going to gauge, you know, a player, again, these guys are the gold standard. They're at the tippity top. So if you're going to compare best, then obviously, yeah, definitely Bergeron is is up there. You know, this guy's going to score thirty goals again this year. I mean, it's amazing. Right. You know, as much as he does. You know, away from the puck and defensively, anything that he adds offensively is a bonus. And to get this kind of production, it's just incredible. I mean, the, the guy is is amazing. He really is. Yeah, he's, you know, he's an all around player to me. Um, just the just the way he plays a, a two hundred sheet of ice is is just amazing. And you know, uh, I followed this sport a long time, and, and mostly I've watched the Bruins, but I've watched. You know the sport in general, and you know you go back to some of the guys. And I'm going to go back to around 1990, but you go back to some of these guys like, like Joe Sackick and uh, Matt Sundin, and the list goes on and on. Brett Hall, Gretzky, Recky. I mean, these are guys that just had that star quality about them, that special part of their game and made everybody around them better. And Bergeron is, is definitely, in my opinion, I think he's there with those guys. For it's sure. just unreal. You know, the character, pretty much everything that you would want in a hockey player, this guy has, you know? So. Absolutely. Uh, another honorable mention last week is the new guy, Lee Stepniak, uh, in four games. He had three assists, and two came in the impressive 4-2 win against Chicago. I mean, it's, it's crazy uh, to think about that line getting better defensively because they've been great defensively since the get-go. But Even so with that, even with Brett Conley on the line. Right, exactly. I will, I will, I'll give him credit. I will give Conley credit. He's, he's played well on that line, and, but he was on that line for a very long time. I don't even remember how many consecutive games he was on the line, and I was just like, every every starting lineup that Jack Edwards would would tweet out, I'm looking at it and just like, oh my god, another game he's up there, and you look at you look at the depth below, and you see production from other players that should you would think deservingly be up there, 
with Bergeron and Marchand. But the when like what you just touched on, the defensive game of that line has stepped up increasingly since Stepniak joined the joined the team. Why not with the output that they've been putting forward offensively and you know, that's scary. It is. It Especially is. when that line is gonna probably as we get down the stretch, you know, be able to pair it up against other teams' top lines. They get that kind of offensive production and it's just amazing. What a line. Let me let me ask you something. Okay. Does it does it find interesting to you that when Conley dropped down from the first to fourth line, his skating production was higher than it was on the fourth on the first line? Well, all those all line those games he's on right now. I mean, with, it the, is, with the addition of put a lot of pressure on teams, his speed, you know, with Ferraro on the other wing. I mean, that's that's a pretty good line that's yeah. together. No. And then, I think Connolly is better as a bottom six forward. I think that's his bread and butter. I I have to agree with you there. And, you know, I mean, like the energy line, don't like the energy line. I'm going to bitch about it all year. I don't care. You know what I mean? But but dropping Ronaldo, and we'll get to him later. Yeah, yeah. Dropping Ronaldo and dropping Talbot and bringing Ferraro into that position and bringing up a player like Noel Achari, which I just thought was like out of left field. I've been watching Providence Bruins for a couple of years and, you know, his game this season down there is, is good. I mean, he shows grit, he's got speed, and he's got a little bit of skill. I didn't think that he was the one that was going to be the call up. I thought it was going to be either Fatrano because Fatrano can play the center position, you know, and but I was impressed. I was blown away. The first game I saw these guys with a minute and twelve seconds in, Ferraro blast one to get the you know the, the Bruins on the board. So, what does it tell you? I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I'm right and I'm wrong and this and that and whatever, but does it tell you that the speed of the game and the depth? that the Bruins have, and they, you know, can they skate with teams now? Can, you know, are they going to be outskated, as they've done so many times in the past two years? Well, I mean, again, when you have a fourth line, you know, I mean, imagine being on an opposing team, and you got to deal with Bergeron, his line, and their production, and the way they shut down other lines, and then you got Krejci, who's the offensive mastermind, and his line is busy all night. And then you got Spooner's line, another line, another playmaker, and they're good. Now you have to deal with a fourth line that has a lot of speed on the wings, and you've got a gritty north-south guy like Achari uh, at center. I mean, they're a good line. I, I like it. I'm impressed, and I, I just hope they stay with it. You know, give the chance to um, – I don't even know how to say it. But I, I just I just like the speed. I'd rather have it, you know, for the rest of the season to keep going with it. You know, well, hopefully. I think it will because you know after the trading deadline, you're only allowed four AHL call-ups. So to use one on him, obviously, they weren't going to waste it. You know, because you want to bring those kids up. You know, at the end when you're going into the playoffs, and give them a chance to kind of see the atmosphere and what it's all about, and you know. 
I think that they really uh, see something in this kid, and so far they're right. I was very impressed. I didn't know about that AHL call-up number. That's pretty good. That's that's another reason why I have you here. <laughs> good to know. You're just gonna raise. <laughs> um, <laughs> going back to the honorable mentions of the last week, I, I got to give it to Tuka Rask, uh, and I'm I might be a homer on this one, but uh, he is my favorite goaltender. But uh, regardless. In four games last week, the Bruins netminder went 2-1-1 one, and one with a goals against average of 2.25 and a .921 save percentage. Um, you're going to need him. You're going to need him down the stretch. But when's he going to get rest? Good question. You know, I mean, the way this team's played, you know, they've scored 198 goals, and that's a big help, trust me, but Again, there's going to be nights where your team isn't going to score more than two or three goals, and you need your goaltending and your defense to carry it. And, uh, you know, over the past month, when they, when they've needed him, he's been there. He's made some huge saves. Yeah. Very timely, timely saves, and that's important. I agree with you on the rest. Uh, I think that they got to get Gustafson in there more. I think you'll probably see him play one of the games this week at least. I wouldn't mind him playing two games. You know, giving Rask a break. But yet you definitely you want to manage him. If you have any prayer on going on a long run in the playoffs, he needs his rest. I agree. He, he's got to play one of these two games that are coming up tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, I'm, I'm talking about Gustafson. Um, but is Bruins management worried about him coming back? I mean, has he only played one game since his heart thing? I want to say two, but you might be right with the one. But yeah, he hasn't played very much. Yeah, I just I've seen I've seen Rask like do, running running with it, and it's like this is this this is the time when you rest your your goaltender for a potential playoff push. Agreed, especially with the schedule in March. I mean, it's so intense. Oh, you know? And these back to back games. Yeah. Jesus, another year. I mean, last year I thought there were eighteen back to back games. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was a lot. Yeah, that schedule, we got, we got. I'm trying to look, uh, look for the right words, the PC words to say here. But yeah, we kind of got screwed last year. Yeah. As far as the back-to-backs, funny though. On the, we, I think we had like four or five of them, big ones last year. But, you know, it was funny that two of them were against the Canadians. Yeah, yeah. What a shocker. I know. So, that's done. Honorable mentions for last week. Hopefully, we'll get better. Better stats for uh, this coming week to talk about in next Sunday's podcast. So, um, oh, all right. So we might as well just do this now because I got to get it off my chest. Zach Ronaldo on Sunday, last Sunday's game uh, in the first period, got a penalty for a hit. Uh, I don't even know what the penalty was. I forgot. Uh, well, it was to the head area, so. Yeah, but it was only it, it was only a minor. Right. And then the, then the league suspended him for five games. The guy's got an awful track record. He's just one of those players that I I cannot stand. I don't care what jersey he wears. I don't, you know I'm a diehard Bruins fan, but that piece of shit does not belong here in my opinion 
Um, and uh, they put him on waivers. He did play the game while on waivers. And then the hit happened. And then he cleared waivers and reported to the... Well, obviously, he stuck around until, until he found out what the NHL was going to do with him. And then cleared waivers and went uh, reported to Providence. And in Providence on Friday night, he another headshot to um, I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, Lafranchise La Kane Lafranchise of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Uh, he just kind of went a little high and is suspended indefinitely from the American Hockey League until league approved. I mean, a league uh, goes through and looks at the video and does something. And I'm not trying to give the guy props. This is not a good stat, but, you know, this is the first time that somebody's been suspended in the the NHL and potentially going to be suspended in the AHL. At the same time. Yeah. So... I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this guy. I re- You know what I mean? I mean, what pisses me off about all this is the Bruins gave away a third-round pick. And I know earlier I said anything below, anything on first and second is a value, but, you know, I just I just don't see it. This was a Sweeney blunder, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've always, you know, I've been a Sweeney supporter since the beginning, and yeah, this was definitely a move that didn't pan out. And, uh, you know, with the two suspensions now, this might actually close the book on him as a player professionally. Um, again, you know, he knew coming into the season with Boston that he had to clean up his act and, uh, you know, one infraction and that was going to be it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess his credit it took a long time for that to happen maybe five months but right you know to, to do the infraction like he did the other night in tampa you know against tampa and now his first game with providence and he gets suspended again obviously the guy's not going to learn right i can't see how anybody would give him a shot from this point on i think uh unfortunately you know we did give up that third round pick and that boston's probably going to end up releasing him I would assume. I mean, you kind of have to. Well, he's got one more year. I know. That's the sad part about it. I mean, but he's only making, I think, a little over eight eight hundred grand a year, which is, it's not bad. But, I mean, can you use a compliance buyout on him? I haven't you know, looked. I haven't looked into issue. it. Yeah, that's the issue right now. Is in the league is is compliance buyouts, and yeah, definitely, I I would use one on him, but. Again, you know, if it's eight hundred thousand against the cap, I'm not sure when you release him what the percentage would be, but I don't think it's the full eight hundred thousand hit. I think it's only a percentage of that money. Right. Islands would end up getting, you know, if it ends up being like two hundred grand, then you know, send him on his way. It's a wash. Yeah, you can eat it. Yeah, it's a wash. Well, I, you know, I just hope that this, this, this will, you know embed in the uh, Bruins management minds that we just we don't need players like that you know get get the player that plays aggressive get the player that does the job plays the role but don't get the player that rides the line on 
being suspended every time you go on the ice. And, and I'm not, I'm not trying not to beat a dead horse here, but you know, that was just a dumb move in my opinion. And you know, other teams are not stupid. They're going to see a guy like that on the ice, and they're going to try and impress the issue, get him into a situation where he's going to make a mistake. Right. You know, I mean, it's good that they've changed their philosophy with that fourth line because if you look around the league right now, and teams like Chicago and L.A., they use that fourth line for younger players, grit players, right. to kind of work their way up the lineup. So, you know, I, I'm hopefully, you know, it goes to show that Sweeney's learned his lesson from that. You know, because it's a new league now. You don't need guys up there to drop their gloves. And, and he's a first-year general manager, so, you know, let's, let's give him some leeway on some of the decisions he makes, but hopefully this one is something that he'll remember. Agreed. So, you have anything on the uh, on the bees before we go down to the fam? Um, well, you know, again, I, I like what I see. I like the team, the way it's constituted right now since the trading deadline. Uh, I think the sky is the limit. Um, again, we're in the weaker conference right now. So, again, you know, if Tuca can go on a run, if we can stay healthy, you never know. He's got to, you know, go week week, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll go on a little streak there and get it going. That would be awesome. I would certainly, certainly enjoy that. All right. Hey. What's that? I said same here. Oh, <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some Providence Bruins because I love the baby bees and what they are doing down there recently. Uh, in 57 games played, the P Bruins are 28, 18, 9, and 2 with 67 points. They're moving up, moving up in the Atlantic Division. They were fifth last week. They are third this week. There's, they were... Eighth in the Eastern Conference last week, they moved to sixth this week, and they jumped over Portland to get to the, uh, the that th- those positions. Uh, they still have a terrible away record with a nine thirteen five and zero. Their home record is very impressive with nineteen five four and two. In their last ten games, they are six three one and zero. Their power play is still ranked first with 22.6%. And their penalty kill has gotten better, ranking them fourth with 86.5%. Still up there in goals, they're ranked sixth with 176 goals. That's a little over three goals a game. And they're ranked 11th. 11th with 157 goals and just under well it's 2.75 goals a game so things are looking good down on the farm as they come down to their stretch also with uh, so many games remaining um, last last week uh, last Sunday they played the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins a very good team in the Atlantic Division uh, they won Three to two at the dunk, and then uh, Friday's game, which we talked about when Ronaldo did his foolishness, um, they lost four to three at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. And last night, a very very impressive road win 
uh, Jeremy Smith stood on his head. He had uh, a three to one road win. Um, he he played very good. Uh, he's been he's been really a good catalyst for this team since coming back from the Iowa Wild. Um, yeah, so things are looking good. Things are looking good. Yeah, when you you know the power play when you get Petrano scoring pretty much a goal every game, you know that's gonna bode well for you. Um, again, I think you know now they got Pinen down there and Talbot, so they got more depth, uh, which will help. You know, sometimes with injuries with the big club here, the AHL team will suffer, and that team's got plenty of depth down there now. So. Um, to me, to me, it's not as much as you think. Yeah. I, I, uh, Providence right now to me is a product of bad drafting. In previous years, agreed. So I, I honestly believe that in the next year or two, yeah, that talent's going to be replenished when yeah. you get when you get players like Senechin, and you get players like Gabriel. And you get players like uh, DeBrusque that we're going to talk about later. And when those guys get into the into the uh, the pro levels of the game, I'm not saying NHL. I'm right. saying when they get to either the NHL or the AHL, yeah. I believe that you're going to replenish that prospect pool that they have right now. I mean, I, I'm 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 thrilled with Vetrano. I'm thrilled with Griffith. I'm thrilled with um, Zarnik. Defazio, Hargrove, those guys are all playing pretty decent. I mean, not Colby Cave. Yeah, Colby Cave. I mean, that guy can freaking hit. Oh, my God. I mean, I've seen some boards rattle in my day, but Jesus, that guy can. I mean, the glass is about to pop out, you know? But, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's, they're all good pieces down there, but there's, besides Griffith, Vetrano, and Zarnik, there's really nobody that's really lighting it up that's really you know telling me or Bruins fans that there's a lot of freaking options down there well you know the, another thing is you know you've got all that talent in the pipeline that's going to be coming up like you said in the next couple of years and you got some good young players that are in Boston right now so these young guys that are down there right now they're going to end up at some point feeling the squeeze with the talent coming up from the bottom and the talent that you have up top so yeah. That's why, you know, I think Sweeney over the summer will have to make a couple of moves and maybe give one or two of these uh, kids that are down there a chance, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you can tell that there was kind of a, a couple years that our drafting wasn't the best, and that's why Gretzky's here and Wyatt Smith isn't, you know. Yep. Um, and, you know, I mean, how many of those players down there were undrafted free agents? You know? Yeah, a lot. A lot of those guys are are signed just to, they're they're signed on American Hockey League contracts, which are not Bruin. They're not Bruins related contracts. But, like players like Griffith, Vetrano, Zarnik, those guys are entry level. Those are Bruins contracts. Right. So, you, you the the I'm not sure about the rules, but I know that there's a certain amount of players that you are allowed to have on entry levels. There's a certain amount of veteran players you can have on the team. And so, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, honestly, the defensive core down there with um, Yowds, Irwin, 
um, Arneson. Yeah, I mean, he's a big guy. He's not a point producer, but it, he's still learning the North American game. But there's a lot of players. like I like Chris Casto. Chris Casto's a good player. Underrated. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Tommy Cross. Captain. You know, we'll see what happens with him. He's on, he's on his last year, but you got to think that it's now time to cite you. The Bruins defense have not only has to build on the NHL level, but they have to get their depth straightened out. And I believe that next season, with uh, Matt Grizzlick from BU, great to see him. Ogara from Yale. Um, not Matt Benning. Matt Benning's at Northeastern, and he's not. I think he's only a freshman or maybe a sophomore. But I mean, these guys are going to be starting to transition soon. So you're going to get a lot of these other players that are currently on the Bruin, Providence Bruins team are not going to be around. So, like I said, going back to building up that prospect pool is going to be very important. So. Uh, I only have one honorable mention for last week. There was a lot of decent games but uh, for the Providence Bruins, but i got to say something about Seth Griffith. Uh, in three games, he had two goals, three assists, five points to increase his season total to 20 goals, 43 assists, 63 points, and is tied with Hershey Bears forward and former Bruins player Chris Bork for the league lead at 63 points. Impressive. It is, you know, and uh, again, hopefully he'll be able to take whatever momentum that he gets this year and, you know, come in and have a solid camp this summer. Uh, he's got all the tools, you know, he just has to uh, find a way to get used to the uh, NHL level, you know. I, I, I'd i really love to see him take the either the – I know you don't want to take a player like that and put him on the fourth line. But if 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 the idea is to get four lines of of speed, this that's not a bad option. And he's also not a bad option if Stepniak's not going to resign. You know, maybe Connolly won't come back. He was only brought here on a one-year contract. Maybe he leaves at the end of the season, and you can put Griffith with Achari and see what happens. You know, right? I agree. But I I I. I He's playing so well down at the A. I, he's he, he's got to have a not got to, but I'm sure he's going to be one of those three players down in the AHL that are going to be fighting for a Bruins roster spot next year. Well, that's going to be a tough call because I mean, you know, defensemen that time this time of the year they can drop like flies, and you want to be able to go into the playoffs and have you know at least seven or eight defensemen on your roster. Sure. You know, so who knows? Maybe bring up an Arneson. Maybe they try and uh, give Tommy Cross a, you know, that a boy and have him, you know, come up and sit on the ninth floor. Who knows? But uh, it'll be interesting that, you know, only having three more call ups. It's uh, a lot of guys down there that once the season ends for Providence, uh, it'd be good candidates to come up. Sure. Never know if you're going to use them or not, but, you know, we'll have to see. So speaking of prospects outside, well, prospects in general, but the outside of the AHL, um, I, 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 w- I really wish I had more time to get involved, but uh, 
to get some of these college kids their stats and so on. But like I said, I've been up since four in the morning putting this all this stuff together, and I just keep forgetting about stuff. But you know, the important stuff to me, and and maybe some others are um, uh, prospects in the Canadian juniors, um, and and it's pretty much kind of what I watch because they don't show a lot of college games. So I don't really pay attention to them. So that's probably why I, I don't have the stats for for those players. But I watch a lot of the Canadian juniors, uh, and particularly the Bruins prospects in the, in that leagues, in those leagues. So, um, But you know what? With all the talent we have in the, you know, the, uh, the juniors, it's so difficult to be able to follow the college too. I mean, that's how much talent that we have right now in the pipeline. It's amazing. I'm a hockey junkie, but I can't go that much. It's unreal. It really <laughs> is. It's a great problem to have. Right. I'm sure it's going to put more gray hairs on Sweeney's head as time goes on, but <laughs> still, you know, a lot of uh, depth. Yeah. Especially with last year's draft. I mean, rounds two through five. You know, you got the kid over at BC, uh, Frolanda, whatever his name is. He's like a Bergy clone. And oh Tyler no, that's um, that's Carlson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's just unbelievable. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's he's good. Donato, Danton Heinen, those guys are, those guys are good. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of players that are going to be coming up through the uh, the development system soon. But it's an so, exciting time, and it's tough because you've got a part of the fan base that's just so I want it now. And they're not very patient. Yeah. You know, running the groups over on Facebook that I do, I run into this every day, you know. Everybody needs to, like Neely said, when he came out, what was it, Monday or Tuesday? Oh, I, I saw that article. I was going to talk about that, too. He, uh, he wants us to be patient, and he's right. I mean, you you kind of have to be. You can't rush this. What have I been, what have I been saying? Same thing. I've been saying the same thing. I'm like, listen, yeah. everybody, please sit down, relax. I know, I know it's win now, win now for everybody. But this is this is the this is the these are the steps that a team in transition on a on a on a small rebuild per se is going through. So I mean, if you look at the team right now and you say Stanley Cup, you should really like hit your head a couple times, you know. I, I mean, if, if it happens, if it happens, awesome. I am, I am right there, and I will eat crow. Absolutely. But I don't see it this year. And obviously, in that article that I read, the one that you're talking about, Neely doesn't see it either. So what does that tell the fan base? If, if, you, if, you're, if the hierarchy of the Bruins organization is saying, relax, it's not saying much. So the, I mean, bees nation, just just relax and ride it out. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun ride. Sit back and enjoy. You know. I I find stuff like this so interesting. I love the Bruins. I love when they win. It sucks when they lose. But I like the puzzle. I like having a pile of nothing and see what they can do with it. You know, I'm not gonna. I. I just can't do it. I mean, in my, I'm 40 years old. I'll tell you right now, when I was 20, in my 20s, and I was going out drinking and, and watching Bruins games 
all the time. Oh yeah, I was pissed when they lost. Oh yeah, I was pissed when you know, I you know, I freaked out. But as I got older, it's just like you know what, this sport is not going anywhere. It's gonna be here till the day I die. And so many Bruins fans act like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. So it you is know, what it is. This is a, this is a, a period right now in the organization, and I've been a diehard fan for twenty eight years. And I have never seen, not once, seen them have this much depth in the pipeline. Not in my lifetime. I, I've never seen this. This is a very special time. And if they win the cup in three or four years, we're going to look back. Right. And, you know? Don't miss the boat. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Enjoy. Because <laughs> like this, this might never happen again. Right. You know? All right, so let's talk about some prospects down in the uh, Canadian Juniors. Um, in the Ontario Hockey League, we got Mr. Zach Senishin, the right wing for the Saint Salt Saint Marie Greyhounds. Uh, he went four, one, and five in three games last week, and is currently on a three-game point streak. His season totals are thirty-nine goals, nineteen assists, fifty-eight points in sixty games. Uh, he continues to impress. Every game I watch, he continues to impress. You gotta wonder. I mean, what's gonna happen with him next year? I mean, he is just absolutely owning this level right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how far is he gonna go at this level? I think he's pretty much already there. I think he's mastered this level. I think he might. You know, and we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes with him, whatever time they have left. But uh, you know. Um, comes in and has a good camp this summer, and who the who the heck knows? You never know. Maybe he's here for nine games, first nine games the next season. Right. He's he, and in an article I wrote from the uh, I don't remember who she works for. I'm so, but uh, Emily Benjamin. Do you yes. know, who does she write for? Uh, she writes, I believe, for the Boston Globe. Okay, she wrote a very good article because she was up uh, when they went to. Winnipeg, she went to uh, Sault Ste. Marie to talk to Senechin and family. And in the article that she wrote, uh, he was expressing his desire and his push and his hard work to join the Bruins next season. He's determined. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, look at the past and the year before. I mean, the kid pretty much hit his passport. We can stay here. Right. I mean, that's you want that out of a kid. You want that kid be hungry and want to reach that next level and do whatever it takes to get there. And obviously, uh, you know, Senechin, whatever was said at the exit interview over the summer, he's followed what they wanted and he's doing a great job. If he if he has um, strong rookie camps, uh, develop. Uh, I'm sorry, a development camp, a rookie camp, and yeah. even a, a really good Bruins training camp. The sky's the limit for the kid, man. I mean, if he's gonna if he's gonna push for a roster spot, some of these veterans that have been around the NHL for a while better watch out because there's a potential he could make the team. Absolutely. I mean, Rolly is another one. I mean, it's gonna be so much. Uh, they're gonna definitely feel the push during camp. You know, there's a lot of talent, and again, this is kind of a young team right now. So yeah, you know. 
again, there could be one or two spots open for a kid, you know, if he has a good camp. Anything's possible. Sure. So let's go to the uh, Q, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and talk a little bit about Jeremy Lauzon from the Rowan Naranda Huskies. He went 1-1-2 one, one, and two in two games last week, increasing his season total to 7 goals, 35 assists, 42 points. Hey, and I, I've, He's a good player. He's, you know, the beginning of the season was definitely the, the wow moment for me. When he went, just went on like I believe a fourteen game point streak, but um, he's good. Uh, just real quickly, uh, uh, Jakobs Borrell, uh from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, St. John Sea Dogs. He had one assist in three games last week. Uh, he's got six, thirteen, nineteen numbers. Um, yeah, I don't. I I, I like him. I I really do. But I, I, I didn't see him getting – I don't see it in uh, in his game where he got drafted, you know, the, the draft placement. So, I mean, hopefully things change. I mean, I, I've watched a, a handful of Sea Dog games this year, and he's just kind of a average defenseman to me. Nothing that really blows me away. But, again, I'm not there all the time. You know, I, I really wish I was in the building for a lot of these practices and to see how the player is all the time to get a better evaluation, uh, opposed to what I see on TV on on, on you know, streaming. Yeah, maybe send your resume to Don Sweeney. Maybe they need help on the scouting staff, Mark. I wish, I really wish I could do that because I'd I'd love love to uh, love to do that. That would be that would be a dream come true. Absolutely. But um. Yeah, let's, let's leave the queue and go right to the WHL. Um, uh, left wing Jesse Gabriel from the Prince George Cougars. He had two goals, one assist, three points in four games last week and added his 40th goal of the season in a loss to the Spokane Chiefs on Friday night. And he's, he's 40 goals, 34 assists, 74 points. That's him. That, he's... Unbelievable for a fourth, fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, unbelievable. I and think of the guys that were for him, and then him. Yeah, amazing. I know, and and this guy is leading all draft picks last year in in point production. So um, he's amazing year. I and this is the that's a player I kind of gravitate to. Like I like I'd say in the, a lot of the podcasts before this one. Um, you know, if there's a Bruins game on at seven and there's a WHL game on at uh, ten, I'm gonna pick one. But if if the the Prince George Cougars are on, I'm watching because that kid's got it. He's got straight up skill, speed, vision, um, transitions the puck really well through the neutral zone. He reminds me a lot of Kadri in a way from Toronto. Yeah, Very similar numbers down in the uh, juniors and. Very similar. Yeah. Which bodes well because Cadu's a pretty good player. He is a good player. Uh, Left wing Jake DeBrusque from the WHL, Red Deer Rebels. Uh, he had two goals, three assists, five points last week to continue his point streak to four games. He's got a season total of 19, 38, and 57 points. Starting to heat up. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's another player I really enjoy. I've always talked about his his gritty style. 
Uh, he's just, he's just, that's Bruins all, all the way right there. So, you know his dad, he was a fighter back in the day, great yep. character, and obviously that's kind of trickled down into his game, but you add that with the skill that this kid has, and, you know, he could definitely be another one that could try to challenge for a spot. You never know. And the infamous Brandon Carlo uh, from the Tri-City Americans of the WHL. He had one assist in four games last week. The one assist came in last night's 5-3 win over the Everett Silvertips, ending a three-game point streak. His season totals are two goals, 21 assists, 23 points. There's a lot of people that really like Carlo. Um, and I'm not sure if these guys are actually watching any of the games. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to piss on anybody's expectations of a player, but what was he, second round? Yeah, the second, second round. Yeah, second round pick. Yeah, you got what you, you got what you picked. Right. I don't see any. I mean, people saying that he's going to make the roster next year, the NHL roster next year, from the game I see, from my personal evaluation. I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, when he was drafted, they said that the kid could have went in the first round. And well, why, why, why did he slide? Well, there's, there's something there. Well, maybe, but at the same time, you know, you we'll also have to look at how deep that draft was. No, yeah, you know what? That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So you know, again, you know, that cur- that learning curve at defenseman is brutal. Probably out of all the positions in hockey, one of the most brutal learning curves and they say for a lot of these kids it takes three to six years for them to really make a dent right and become ready and, it, and i'm not i'm not trying to shit on anybody's you know development and further you know as they make their way to the professional levels but I, I, he I, to me he just needs a little more work I, and i don't see why everybody's just uh the, the rah 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 so well, we're coming up to an hour, so um, do you have anything else that you want to add real quick? Or? No, I mean, uh, again, you know, this is a great time in the organization. We're in transition. The team's overachieving. Uh, unbelievable week for our prospects. So, it's, you know, things are good in the, as far as, you know, being a member of Bruins Nation right now. And, uh, again, like Cam Neely said, you know, let's all just be patient. Enjoy the ride. It could be bumpy at times, but again, you know, you want to be relevant for five, ten years. Unfortunately, you have to deal with these bumps that you know are in the road. Unfortunately, it's just part of the uh, being a fan of the team, you know. Exactly. And I can understand where people want it right now. Of course, everybody does. That's human nature. But at the same time, again, let's have some more patience and let's allow Sweeney and Gretzky and the powers that be room to make this franchise better and uh i think they will Good so point. that's it for me any shout outs uh i want to give a shout out to the sports exchange at uh watd and then the boys uh gonna be going on tonight so if you guys want to listen uh you can listen online and uh i also want to give a shout out to uh i can go hockey page for those wonderful articles that have been written every week enjoy reading them thank you man appreciate that that's awesome keep up the good work man i enjoy it i'm gonna buy you a beer 
my shout outs uh, from Jeremy from Newburyport, Massachusetts. Uh, he listens to the uh, podcast every week and it constantly uh, gives great evaluations and uh, always good things to say. And uh, my buddy Ray of Newton, New Hampshire, another listener that is uh, new but caught up on all previous five episodes. So uh, things are looking good. And again, uh, we as a team, Derek and I, well, we really, really appreciate all the kind words that everybody has, whether it be uh, Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, groups, or just, you know, coming up to me at work or, or anywhere around town saying that they enjoy the, the show. So um, kudos to all the listeners. We can't do it without you. Absolutely. And we're, uh, we're nothing without you guys, and we appreciate that. And uh, thanks for the continued support. Absolutely. Hey, have a great show tonight on the Sports Exchange with Ben and the boys. I will be listening as uh, as I try to always. Um, I, I'm a fail on the on the whole Sunday thing. Uh, <laughs> I, need, I need the constant reminder, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, we really appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to um, talking next week. Sounds good. See you all next week. All right, man. Take care, Derek. You too, man. for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.